This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycast. Joy 94.9. This is Gay News Week on Joy 94.9. Have your say. 1300 Joy 949. Gay, Gay News Week. Gay News Week on Joy 94.9. Joy, Joy 94.9. Good evening and welcome to Gay News Week on Joy 94.9 with Katie Larson. And myself, Matt Thompson. Here at Gay News Week, we cover the topics that have been in the GLBTI news over the past week and how they impact on you, us and our community. And we will be doing that as always tonight, Matt. First of all, we're going to be speaking about marriage. Yay. Apparently it's a bit of an issue, this gay marriage thing. (laughs) You think? It's taking off. It's taking off uh, indeed, across so, the world. Across the world. Not so much in this country. Uh, no, that's right. So we're going to be speaking to the Deputy Director of Australian Marriage Equality, Ivan Hinton. Mm-hmm. New developments. New developments. Yeah. It's Big not, day not, tomorrow. Not just the same things. In We've the got old new, parliament. In the good old parliament. <laughs> <laughs> old parliament. We're also going to be talking about Chris Brown. Yeah, we will. Yeah. You're not too happy about that. Nah, But I think really. it's a conversation that we have to have. Apparently. <laughs> Lead on from that, we'll also be talking about celebrity things as well, so you can look forward to that Great. as well. Right, it's going to be riveting. You well, like celebrity stories, don't you? Katie? Sometimes. Depends who the celebrities are. Um, and then we're going to do, of course, the National Roundup and yes, the International Roundup as well. Of course, with the in- sorry, with the National Roundup, it's been a big week of stories and uh, we're going to be covering a few of those. I'm sure that you've, you can probably guess what we're going to be talking about. You can. Yes, certainly. <laughs> anyway, uh, throughout the show, if you want to share your thoughts and uh, give us a bit of your feedback, we'd love to hear from you. This is how you do so. Listening to Gay News Week with Katie, Jeffrey, and Matt on Joy 94.9. SMS 0427 Joy 949. Email on air at joy.org.au. Phone 1300 Joy 949. Tweet at Gay News Week Joy. Gay News Week with Katie, Jeffrey, and Matt with you this evening. That's right. And tomorrow the Senate will vote on the Greens International Same Sex Bill. Now, if this is passed, this will give recognition to the roughly 1,300 Australians in same sex relationships who have married overseas. Mm. So we're joined on the line tonight by the Deputy Director of Australian Marriage Equality, Ivan Hinton. Ivan, thanks for joining us. G'day, guys. Thanks for having me. That's a pleasure. Uh, what result do we expect in this vote tomorrow? Well, look, uh, optimistically, uh, we, we'd love it if uh, if uh, the Australian government is one of their last, one of their last bills for this uh, session um, actually showed some heart. What about uh, realistically? Uh, realistically, um, what, what we're what we're looking for is we're looking for uh, an opportunity for members to demonstrate their support for marriage equality. Okay. Uh, that we're we're looking for uh, leading up to the election uh, to identify those that are genuinely in favour of marriage equality and those that aren't. Mm. So that's from the perspective of then pushing for a conscious conscience vote within the coalition. Is that is that sort of going towards supporting that argument or that case? Yeah, that's that's something that we've been working on quite consistently, um, and we're, we're also it's it's not just about the the Liberal Party um, allowing a conscience vote. It's it's about um, encouraging all members of Parliament and and all candidates to to really reconsider their position on marriage equality and and to transition, um, you know, to to be in favour of marriage equality. So, if if it were to be passed, um, how quickly would something like this come into effect? 
Um, it's, it's an excellent question. Um, I think it, it could be relatively quickly, and I'd be excited about that because that would mean to say that I'd be married in Australia too. Ah, <laughs> where did you get married? Uh, we got married in Canada, um, oh. and we're, we're coming up to our fifth anniversary. Oh, congratulations. Um, yeah, thanks. Well, um, let, me, so let, let me ask you a question, Ivan. Um, what does that mean? What would it mean to you to have your marriage recognised here in Australia by your government? Well, yeah, uh, it's a pretty powerful thing, actually. Um, I think if I thought about it too much, I might I might tear up because yeah. it's 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 something that um, I think it, it plagues a, a lot of Australians that mm. uh, they go to so much effort. Um, they they go to so much effort uh, to to get overseas. It, it costs an enormous amount of money. Mm. Um, that family uh, try to make it. Some family can't make it. Mm. So a lot of people do it in isolation to to come back uh, to Australia. And the first thing that the Australian government does is effectively say. What you've just done means nothing here. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's a painful thing, and I think we need to we need to review um, the reason why, and I think we need to to look at, at shifting it because there are other countries that don't have marriage equality that recognise uh, these legally binding contracts mm. that have occurred in other jurisdictions. Not wanting um, to not wanting to pry too much, but is did you experience similar pain to like many Australians do when they come home um, after being married overseas and and not having that same recognition in in your own country? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and it 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 wasn't just five years ago. It was just a couple of weeks ago. Um, my husband Chris, mm-hmm. uh, a, a gentleman that he works with, actually asked him if he was married, mm. and he wears a wedding ring, yeah. um, but he doesn't talk too much about our relationship at work. Mm. And uh, and he said, "Well, it's it's really hard to say, and it's it mm. it, it it sucks uh, that you know there are certain Australians that." don't know what they can call their relationship even after that massive effort. Totally. Um, so, so when Chris explained the circumstance and said, well, in Canada, I'm married. <laughs> in certain states in the US, I'm married. Uh, in New Zealand, I'm now married. Um, but in Australia, I'm not. And the response from his colleague was, seriously, mate, I would have just said, no, I'm not married. Um, really? And, yeah, and that's a massive... That's a massive issue, and we need to help Australia move past that. And that, refle- um, that reflects a lot of sentiment throughout the society, not just the government not recognising recognizing these marriages. It's also yep. people in, in, yeah. in Australia that really don't really see it as the same thing because the government doesn't see it as the same thing. Very much so. And that's, that's why it's so important for the government to actually show leadership because it's, it's actually leadership that's achieved marriage equality hmm. um, in, in every other um, state uh, that has moved forward with marriage equality, it's it's been that type of leadership which has resulted in in a greater amount of community support. We we saw that even in the U.S. as soon as Barack Obama came out in favour of marriage equality, that was a monumental shift for that society to mm. move in favour of marriage equality, and that's that's what we need here too. That's right, and I think also the other point on this is Julia Gillard has said in the past that perhaps um, the gay and lesbian people could have a different form of relationship recognition because marriage as an institution is a tradition traditionally between men and women. I think what that, uh, firstly, I think that's you know it um, seems like a second best option, but not only that, it doesn't take into account that for better or for worse, excuse the pun, marriage is the form of relationship recognition that is kind of ele- elevated to the highest level importance whether you want to opt into it or not is fair enough but um at least to have the option i think is incredibly significant for all those reasons like being asked the question at work yeah i mean my personal experience is um not dissimilar to uh, most of the the listeners um of your radio station i grew up before i even knew i was gay 
um, I grew up in uh, a home of married people. Um, I, I grew up in a community of married people. Mm. My grandparents, um, you know, were married for for 60 years. Um, my, my parents are still married, and, and they're an amazing source of strength for each other. Um, and and I think it's a while we're talking about marriage, and while we're talking about uh, extending marriage um, entitlements to uh, the LGBTI community in Australia. It's a perfect opportunity for leadership to identify what what similarities uh, we have, as opposed to what defines our differences. Mm. Um, and I think I think that's that's something that's really powerful that we really need to explore more. Because my relationship, my day to day relationship with Chris, is not uniquely dim, uh, uh, sim, uh, different um, to a heterosexual couple. Mm. Um, you know, we have the same uh, arguments. We have uh, we have the, the same frustrations. We have very similar joys and we have very similar aspirations. So when, um, when the Prime Minister uh, wants to um, maintain a definition based on uh, the differences of um, our sexualities, uh, what I think we need to be doing is we need to be identifying our similarities and saying, well, this is an institution uh, which is, is tried and tested uh, we we respect it. We aspire for it, mm. yeah. um, and and we should we should have access to that regardless of orientation. And further to that, that uh, you know the arguments and the joys and are similar to a de facto heterosexual relationship. I think the key point there is choice. Um, that it has it is an institution that's been tried and tested, and in many cases failed. Um, but there is it is still elevated at that level of importance, and therefore should be an option for all couples. Yeah, well, we, we've even seen that in other jurisdictions um, where they've tried to come up with an alternative um, institution, and the mm. UK is a great example. Yeah. One of our closest allies, um, they tried to to uh, have civil unions as as an option, mm. um, but the, the the country has decided that that is not satisfactory and separate is not equal. Yeah. Um, so um, so I, I think we need to learn lessons from our closest allies. Yes, and um, New Zealand and, and France as well on that same level. Yeah, a- absolutely. Um, so I, I think. Being, being one of the last countries um, of our allied nations to, to make this decision, I, I think we have um, a great opportunity of learning from their mistakes. Yes, indeed. Now, sorry to lower the tone, but you know, you may have heard of someone called Corey Bernardi. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I, I've got some colourful names for him, which I won't repeat. Yes, he's yeah. a special character. Now, this vote tomorrow has come alongside um, Corey Bernardi saying that the petition, so the Australian Marriage Equality Organisation put together a petition which has 14,000 signatories mm-hmm. and has been um, put to Parliament. He's actually said that this petition is going to prove him right um, show, in showing that marriage equality will lead to fringe groups fringe groups to endorse polygamy and bestiality because it's simply redefining a word to suit a minority. I mean, I know what we all think of that, but your comments? Uh, well, I, actually, I think he was referring to a, um, a petition that's about four months old. Ah, oh, right, that, okay. That, that has absolutely no relationship to Australian marriage equality, that up until uh, the, the point in time that he referred to it, it had 20 signatures on it. Um, and th- this is this is a, a global online uh, petition, and, and I have no idea who signed it, and, and tally-ho to them for doing so. But mm. it doesn't show that there's momentum. It doesn't show mm. that there's uh, progress uh, towards bestiality. Um, none of the nations that have moved towards marriage equality are now moving towards polygamy and bestiality. And mm. in, in fact, the instances of, of both of those phenomena um, they occur at the other end of the spectrum in countries where homosexuality is, is criminalised. Mm. Um, so, uh, so he's 
he's really it's just great. deeply insulting to create a link i suppose it, yeah it's it's insulting and it's 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 so damaging uh, mm. to the community when when he keeps on referring to um the lgbti community as some form of uh connection to um you know a darker agenda mm. um it, it's when when it's the LGBTI community that suffer a, a higher incidence of uh, depression and anxiety yeah. um, and 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 suicide and homelessness, mm. um, what where I, where I think there is an agenda is is uh, actually in Corey Bernardi's camp yep. where there, there is an agenda to to maintain prejudice and isolation and marginalisation and stigmatisation of the LGBTI community because that's. That's the society that he's most comfortable with. He's he's more comfortable with a society where we do have a, a remarkably high incidence of of uh, youth suicide and depression and anxiety and homelessness, and and that's I think something where we really need leadership for. And and it's just astonishing that considering these statements that he's been making, um, he's the number one uh, candidate on the Liberal Party ticket mm. uh, for South Australia and. And if he's making these statements, he, the Liberal Party can't disassociate themselves from his statement if he's the number one person on their ticket. Totally. Um, that's, that's actually yeah. a question I want to ask of you is sure. how long do you think the Liberal Party is going to put up with these, these, these comments? Because really, they're, they're really bringing down the reputation of the Liberal Party. And amongst not, other things. Amongst <laughs> other things, of course. But really, by allowing this guy to be still a part of the party, really, it, it's really showing bad decisions and bad leadership decisions in the coalition camp. Yeah, I, I agree. It, it, it's a matter of it's a matter of time. It would have to be a matter of time because uh, unless unless he is um, uh, dealt with um, quickly and and decisively, mm. um, his views being the number one on their ticket has to be considered the views of the Liberal Party of South Australia. But that's the point. He hasn't really been dealt with quickly. He's still being yeah. allowed to make these comments. Mm. Absolutely, and so that places in question, in my mind, that places in question um, the um, the senior members of the Liberal Party yep. that allow him to continue being the number one on their ticket. Absolutely. In terms of leadership, your national director Rodney Croom has um, has come out and said that Kevin Rudd should be the prime minister instead of Julia Gillard from the perspective of marriage equality. Is that the view of Australian marriage equality generally? Well, what Rodney was saying was that. Um, in every in every state where we've achieved marriage equality, it's been achieved with a leader that's been supportive of sure. marriage equality. Yes. Okay. So it, it's in that context. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, what what Rodney was saying was, we need leadership that supports marriage equality, and that's that's a very understandable. I I, um, I would agree with that, but I think yeah. it, it it seems to me a slightly dangerous angle to take, given the situation of the Labor Party and the very precarious situation of the leadership on one level, and also on another level that, as we've sort of said on the show previously, Kevin Rudd, when he was Prime Minister and leading up to become Prime Minister, spoke out quite strongly against gay marriage. When he was in a position of power to do that, he wasn't for it, and now there's all these question marks around leadership. He conveniently writes a now, I know that's being mm. fairly cynical about it, but I think it's, it's a dangerous camp to weigh into as well yeah. um, from yeah, the perspective it, it, of marriage equality. Yeah, it, you're absolutely right. But what we're looking for is we're looking for transition. Mm-hmm. We're looking for transition of, of um, wills. Um, we're looking for members of parliament to open their hearts and minds to the idea of allowing LGBTI Australians to get married. Yeah. Um, so, so we are going to go through a phase where we, we have... Uh, 
members of parliament, existing members of parliament, with a very long track record of being opposed to LGBTI rights and LGBTI um, uh, marriages, um, making making a transition. And for whatever reason they make that transition, the point is they have. Mm. And the point is that they're actually making a statement saying, if a marriage equality bill comes before me, I will vote for it. And if we have a member of parliament or we, if we have a candidate um, that says, if a, a bill is presented to me, regardless of what party they belong to, mm. if a bill is presented um, before me, I will vote for marriage equality. Um, because we're a lobby group for marriage equality, that's something that, um, that, that we need to support and encourage. Sure. So, so any member of parliament, regardless of what party they belong to, regardless of their voting history, if they now tell us um, that they will vote, not, not just that they're in favour of marriage equality conceptually, mm. um, but they will vote for marriage equality the next time a bill is presented, um, then we need to uh, support that decision and we need to um, encourage the community to be aware of that. If a bill was presented tomorrow, and I know there was one recently that did not get voted on in the lower house, but if a bill was presented and it went to a conscience vote on both sides, do you think the numbers would pass marriage equality? It's hard to say. Um, we, we have we have really strong support in um, the Labor Party, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, it, and it's growing. Um, we're we're up at Parliament House, um, uh, walking the boards uh, with Rodney and Shelley Argent from PFLAG mm-hmm. um, a couple of weeks ago, and and we're we're getting um, some really good indications from um, from uh, both sides of po- politics um, that there is that there is transition underway. Um, we know that there's um, strong support in the Liberal Party as well. We know that there are people who are still opposed to it, but we're having discussions with those people and we're hoping that we're going to help them uh, transition to be a position of uh, support for marriage equality. Um, the, the, numbers, the numbers are hard to mm. pick because, um, particularly in the Liberal Party, they're... Um, they're very, they're very nervous um, because of the environment uh, in the Liberal Party at the moment. Um, they're very nervous for that information to be released. Um, I, I couldn't even tell you um, that you know which candidates or which uh, members are actually supportive of mm-hmm. marriage equality yet, okay. um, because they don't feel that they have license to to speak, to speak freely, which is. Which is, it's painful for the Liberal Party, I think. I think they're actually, they're actually having a bit of a struggle because you go onto their front page of, of their, their website and their website talks about how, um, how every vote's supposed to be a free vote hmm. um, and how they're, they're the party of small government. Um, and what we're finding at the moment is they're small enough to fit into our bedrooms. Um, uh, but but what, what they're, they're doing at the moment is very inconsistent with Liberal Party philosophy, and it sits very uncomfortably with, with uh, a lot of members. Um, and, and we will see transition um, um, at a point in relation to that. But, um, but at the moment, sorry to answer your question in a very very uh, elaborate way. Um, I, I really don't know the numbers uh, okay. yet. It's very, very hard to say. It would be close. Okay. Um, I, I know for a fact if we had if we had a binding vote with the Labor Party, between the Labor Party and the yep. Greens, we would, have, we would have achieved marriage equality already. Totally. All right, Deputy Director of, the Australi- of Australian Marriage Equality, Ivan Hinton, thank you very much for making the time to speak to us on Gay News Week this evening. Thanks for having me. Gay News Week. Yes, it's Katie and Matt with you this evening. Now, uh, we're going to take a little bit of a look at the stories making uh, headlines in the United <laughs> States. A bit of a celebrity rap we thought we'd do. Um, yes. Now, you're not through. too... Ha- first of all, okay, let's let's bring in the story. So, basically, yeah. Chris Brown is being dubbed a new, the, the latest gay rights activist. Oh, 
God. <laughs> now, Katie, ridiculous. not too happy that we're talking about this no, story? No, I've campaigned strongly that this is a stupid story and we don't need to talk about it, but, but it, I, evidently I've been overruled. You have been overruled because I think this it's is actually... It's not happen that often. I it's a conversation say. that has to... You are a very dominant personality, <laughs> aren't you? Uh, it's a conversation we have to have. Um, so, basically, Chris Brown's releasing this new single. He's got this new campaign. He calls it the Unity Campaign, basically. Mm. Um, where, Isn't it just nauseating? Uh, <laughs> could say that. <laughs> Good. Um, he's put together a couple of tweets that he's uh, put out and, and I've listened to the song. Katie, you've listened to the song as well. What do you think? Oh, it's rubbish, but I okay. don't... <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was never going to like the song. No. Uh, first of all, let me start with the tweets. The new single is a part of my unity campaign, which encourages all races, genders, sexes, everyone, gay or straight, to love each other. Do we believe it? Well, I think we'd believe it if mm. he hadn't made so many homophobic comments in the past. Yeah, sure. And yeah. then realise maybe it sells, mm. thanks Macklemore, yeah. to, um, <laughs> to, to produce, produce records that celebrate the gay yeah. and lesbian gay it's bisexual a, it's a real Yeah, it's a really good point indeed that... Yeah, no, this isn't... I don't think... I don't buy it. I don't think anybody's going to buy it, to be honest. And it's one of those situations where, what do we do about Chris Brown? Is he just doing it for the pink dollar? <sighs> probably. I think he's probably just trying to give himself a better name because, frankly, everyone oh, everyone just, you know, thinks he's not a very nice guy. Mm. And this is a convenient way to try and turn that round with totally. some colourful pieces in a music video that's all about love. Totally. Another interesting tweet from him. As a young inspiration to all types of people around the world, I have a moral obligation to let go of grudges or BS. Mate, I don't think it's your (laughs) grudges that you need to let go of. (laughs) We've got the grudge against you and I think it's for a very, very uh, decent reason. And hello, who refers to themselves as a young inspiration? (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) That's ridiculous. Boo to Chris Brown is what I say. I tell you what, um, here at Joy 94.9 we actually have a music ban on Chris Brown's music. I was talking to our music yes. director, Chris Jameson, earlier thing. today. It, it is a good thing. <laughs> um, and he has let us officially know that the ban will remain in place. Which, ah, what a relief. Thank God for that. Hey, and uh, we've got a couple of other celebrity stories that we might just take a look at. But yeah, in the well, meantime, we need, to have, we need to preface it with something like this. Don't you love this theme song? I actually do. <laughs> Reminds me of sick days when I was 13. All right, you can be that lady that hosts... I can't remember her name. <laughs> no, anyway. I can't. No, I can't. But I wanted. I thought if we're going to go down this path of doing trashy celebrity stories, yep. then I want to reference this. Yeah, sure. Alan, we all know who Alan yeah, is. Yeah, we know. Alan DeGeneres. No DeGeneres. second name required. No. Or no. throw one in anyway. <laughs> uh, has been recognised oh, as the, most, the world's most recognisable lesbian. What does that mean? I think that means that everyone knows she's a lesbian. Is this like a word association thing? And when you say lesbian... Everyone thinks of Ellen. Yes. Right. Only till I take over the world. (laughs) (laughs) Got plans for that, have you? No, I don't really know. That sounds tiring. But but yes, it's the Pew Research Centre. Pew, Pew. We spoke about them last week, (laughs) didn't we? (laughs) Said she's, in fact, the face of LGBT America. The second most recognisable public figure, they said, interestingly enough, was NBA Centre Jason Collins. Right. He's only been in the the team officially for a few weeks. So that's a good result for him. He's been in the team for a little bit longer. He's just come out publicly. Publicly. Sure, sure. As part of the team. Yeah. Yeah, Anyway, minor details. (laughs) Minor details. Final celebrity story. Yeah, yeah. Glee star Jane Lynch. (laughs) So not going to have for the celebrity story thing. Yeah, you know her. Uh, Yeah, no, I totally know. I read the book. Good. Her book. Oh, really? Interesting? No, not at all, actually. Awkward. Yeah, no, it wasn't great. I thought it was going to be really insightful, and it wasn't. But anyway, she and her wife, uh, Sue, no, Dr. Laura Embry, who's a psychologist, they are getting a divorce, Matt. Oh. Yeah, I know. Do we know why? 
doesn't say, just says that after three years they are parting ways, which is a bit of a shame. Do you they've prenupped? Oh, I don't know. It's interesting. This will be the new thing, won't it, now? <laughs> with the, with the, the gay marriages, and our next thing will be the prenup. I imagine they would have. Oh, hopefully, if the other one's smart, they will have. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> Right. I think that's it. Yeah, I reckon. Are we're we done uh, with uh, that? I reckon we're done. Uh, we're going to take a look at some of the headlines making news uh, around the world yes. next with the international news roundup. Andrew Potts will join us in a moment. Stick around. Gay News Week on Joy ninety four point nine. Gay News Week on Joy ninety four point nine. Yes, it's Gay News Week with Caddy and Matt this evening. Uh, it's now time to take a look at some of the stories making headlines around the globe. And first up, uh, we better welcome Andrew Potts from Gay Star News to the segment. Good evening, Andrew. Hey guys. Thanks, Andrew, for joining us. Now, last week we spoke to you um, at length about what was happening in Russia and some of the new bills that were coming into place there um, to the disadvantage of the GOBTI community. Now, it seems to have continued along that path this week uh, with the Parliament now voting to ban gay foreign couples from adopting orphans. That's right. So the lower house of Russia's parliament's taken the first move towards banning uh, overseas same-sex couples from uh, adopting Russian children. Um, so this is following on on uh, a vote last week where uh, a ban on so-called homosexual propaganda was was moved forward. Um, that's still, I believe, uh, to be signed by the country's president Vladimir Vladimir Putin. But this adoption measure is one that he's personally pushed for. So it's it's completely likely that he'll he'll back this once it gets to his desk as well. Now, Andrew, uh, Russia isn't exactly the first country you think of when you think of adopting a child from overseas. Does is this a common thing that maybe just I haven't heard about? Uh, I think I think so. I think there's a, there's a lot of overseas adoption uh, of children into Europe and North America. Okay. Yep. So that's the that's the issue they're trying to to, to close down there. Is that um, this? This bill, is that related? I know it's come across around the same time, but are they all kind of part of the same process here in the Russian parliament? Um, well, they're, they're both bills that, that the President Putin has supported. Um, I, I guess it's, there's, there's just a, a general mood in the country uh, that's right. been growing for months of, of, of heightened homophobia, and this is the, the, the final concrete result of that. Okay. Not a good place to be if you are LGBT. Speaking of places that you don't want to be, um, pretty disturbing story out of Tanzania. Uh, so this is basically that Tanz- Tanzanian gays are being raped and assaulted by the police um, and also put at risk of HIV. Can you tell us a bit more about this one? That's right. So Human Rights Watch, it's a a global LGBT rights watchdog. They've released a report on routine harassment and extortion of gay men in Tanzania. Mm. And there was a case where one gay man was forced into a gay bar at gunpoint and forced to round up all the other gay men there. And then they were held in prison and raped until they came up with bribe money to get them out. That is absolutely appalling, and it's one of those stories where you you just realise how lucky you are to be in a country like Australia when things like this are, are happening overseas. Uh, one of the things I was just going to add from the story is that many of the community-based organisations actually believe they can't offer service to LG, offer services to LGBT people because. Um, Basically, it will affect how they can run their organisations, but at the same time, LGBT people are prevented from registering and setting up their own groups. There's sort of all these barriers to actually creating safe spaces and support for the community. That's that's correct, and it's it's even been reported that a a man was uh, beaten up simply for trying to organise a workshop for for gay men around safe sex. 
It's incredibly disturbing and um, unfortunately we do see these stories out of some of the, the, the fiercely conservative um, nations in Africa and speaking of, of them, mm. um, in Zimbabwe, Zimbabwe um, Robert Mugabe has promised hell for gays, that's his quote, if he wins uh, the next election. That's right. So Robert Mugabe, he's been uh, stirring up homophobia in the country and as part of an election bid. Uh, he's hoping to retake uh, complete power in the country. Currently, there's a power-sharing agreement between the opposition and his ZANU-PF party. Uh, but he's saying that if he gets uh, back into power uh, completely by... Uh, just with Dino PF, he's going to increase penalties on, homo- on homosexuality uh, and ban same-sex marriage. It's actually already illegal uh, in Zimbabwe. Uh, you could technically get jailed for holding hands with another man. So what, if you can already technically get jailed for holding hands with another man, um, what does it mean if it's going to become more severe? Uh, well, he hasn't said, but he's, he's done the usual things that, that, that people do. He's, he's said that sentences imposed on uh, pedophiles and gay people are too lenient, um, concluding those two things, and so he's going to, to increase this, the sentences uh, that people get locked up for. Is this just something that Mugabe might be saying just to win a few votes with different p- political or, or lobby groups there, or, or, or is it something that he really believes to his heart? Um, it's, it is hard to say. He actually served under a, a president who was uh, gay, President Banana of right. Zimbabwe. Okay. Um, and there was a sex scandal around that. that. Um, but, yeah, he's, he's, he's a political opportunist. He's mm-hmm. been in power for decades. Um, and he's pretty much willing to say and do anything to stay in power. And it's interesting. We talk on this uh, show quite a lot about how important it is to keep the focus on GLBT. Uh, human rights around the globe, particularly as we see increasing instances of marriage being passed around the world. Yeah. Um, I do wonder, and it's, you know, just just wondering really, but in some of these more conservative nations that are fiercely anti-GLBTI rights, if some of that is a reaction to the increasing acceptance we're seeing in other countries around the world? Like- Definitely. In, f- in fact, the, all, of, all of these anti-gay measures uh, in sort of Western Africa and Central Africa Africa, they, they all came uh, essentially as a result of uh, South Africa legalising yeah, same-sex right. marriage. Um, I do think I do think in a lot of parts of the world things will get worse before they get better. Mm. But I think it's also important that people in those countries know that there are countries out there where they do have full and equal rights. Absolutely. And not only that, that we are aware of what's happening in their countries and um, are continuing to push to put the pressure on those those governments as well. Totally. Uh, moving along now, and we've heard a lot uh, over the past couple of weeks about the protests happening in Turkey. Uh, I believe a gay activist has been assaulted by Turkish police, in fact. Uh, that's right. So there's there's been a lot of LGBT presence at the, the, the park uh, Gezi Park in Istanbul. Yep. Uh, Gezi Park is a. It's been a traditional gathering place for secularist and left wing protests okay. in the country. And the the Prime Minister Tayyip Erdogan he wants to demolish the park and put a, sh- a shopping mall there. Mm. Um, so this is that one issue has really ignited the, the opposition to the government across the country. Uh, there was an initial peaceful protest and police came in and, and uh, beat and uh, gassed protesters. Uh, and so now thousands of people have taken back to the park and occupied it. And there's been a large LGBT block among the pro- protesters. Uh, and it's reported that gay activists who've been... Uh, 
bringing food and medical help to the park uh, if they've been identified as gay by the police they're being uh, beaten up and, and yelled at with uh, homophobic slurs. These uh, spaces are incredibly important for uh, different movements. Like, for example, here in Melbourne, um, you'd know that a lot of protests start at, say, the State Library. That's kind of our space here in Melbourne. I'm sure you've got a similar one up there in Sydney, Andrew. And even, like, talking about Cairo in Egypt, uh, where you've got uh, Tahir Square. This is, these, these places are incredibly important, and it's not something that really should be taken away from anybody. That's right, and I think I think the Turkish protesters are really taking their cue from what's been happening in, in uh, Egypt. Yeah. Um, obviously, the Turks aren't Arabs, but there's there's sort of been a, a general, you know, inspiration that's come from what's what's been happening in a lot of the the, the Arab states. Though, of course, they have the the opposite situation where they have uh, an Islamic party in power that yeah. they're trying to remove. Totally. Given what we have seen coming out um, out of Turkey, is there any reason to assume that what's happening here in terms of the gay activists is particularly much more targeted than what we're seeing generally with the protesters? Because there's been a lot of violent um, responses to the protests from the police so far anyway. Um, or is this particularly very much a case of... Um, I suppose, discrimination on top of already the reaction from the police? Oh, there's definitely all kinds of different groups that are being targeted by the police, mm. but this this is more of a, a situation where you've got LGBT people who are, who are going to the protests being singled out in the street before they've even gotten there. Okay. It's always very concerning to hear stories about that. Time to move on now and uh, lighten it up a little bit. Good and, news. Uh, uh, yeah, good, good news good alert. News, good news <laughs> alert. Uh, in Colombia, couples uh, could be marrying by Friday. That's right. So in 2011, the the country's constitutional court ruled that uh, if the government hadn't legalised same-sex marriage by June 20, uh, the court would would make it happen. Wow. Uh, And lawmakers there, they failed to do anything about it. There was a a bill to legalise same-sex marriage put up, but the Senate voted it down, uh, which is a bit silly because the constitutional court's going to go and do it anyway now. (laughs) So why was that, just to kind of make a point? Um... I think the supporters put forward a bill and conservative lawmakers voted against it. Um, so this this means that uh, it will it will join Argentina uh, in and Brazil who mm-hmm. are cur- currently legalising same-sex marriage. And Uruguay as well, I believe. Uruguay will be following in August. So we'll see the, the bulk of the South American continent Jeez. and the majority of people in South America Pretty significant, having same-sex isn't it? marriage. Yeah, it's a huge thing. It's really polarising as well um, to, to those countries that we were speaking about earlier in the wrap-up to now these South American countries. They're, they're kind of very on two very different sides of the spectrum when we're talking about LGBT rights. Definitely, definitely. I, I think, you know, once we get a situation where we have an, literally an entire continent yes. go over, that's going to be an amazing tipping point. Uh, we're going to see changes in Asia very soon, whether it's uh, Vietnam or, or Nepal, it's hard to say which, but there'll be a real domino effect, I think. What's your hot tip for the first continent? It could be Australia if we got around yeah, together. We've already had our first continent, New Zealand. That's not a continent. New Zealand's not a continent, is it? Are you kidding? <laughs> it is, isn't it? It's no, it's part of the Australian continental plate. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes I make really stupid I comments. You were, no, that's okay. Look, we'll, we'll just move on from that. I've got I think. the option to cut this out, but I'm afraid I think I'm going to leave it I in. I think you need to leave it in. <laughs> we need to come clean about what's just happened here tonight on Go Newsweek. <laughs> I'm going to go study some geography after this. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) 
on to some other news. It wouldn't be an uh, international news roundup if we didn't talk about the gay priest dating forum that's been uncovered in the Vatican. Andrew, tell us more. Okay, so um, Pope Francis has been warning about a gay lobby or network in the Roman Curia for some time, and it's been uncovered there's actually a dating site uh, based in Vatican City for Catholic priests to meet each other. Right. Interesting. It's called Venerabilis, and it's okay. for uh, it's a calls itself a fraternity of homosensitive Roman Catholic priests looking Hom- to find like-minded priests. Homosensitive. Yeah. Right. Some uh, more sensitive types, I suppose. The, the site <laughs> offers uh, five chat rooms in different languages, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, it's been operating apparently since 2007, though it's only just made headlines with the, the recent uh, gay, gay network scandal. Yes, right. So, and this is, um, it's also been rumoured that um, the last Pope... Pope Benedict the Sixteenth resigned because of the gay influence within the Pope uh, within the Vatican. So is that this is all sort of part of that as well? Um, I think this was this was going on before. I think it's just mm-hmm. something that the media's jumped onto uh, with, with all this recent news coming out. Any comment from the Vatican? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. It's I'm, one of those stories. I think they just like to put their fingers in their ear and go la 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 la. Not true. <laughs> Oh, dear. And on that note, before I make any more stupid comments, I think we're (laughs) going to uh, draw this one to a close. Uh, Andrew Potts from Gay Star News, thank you very much for bringing us the International News Roundup. Anytime. Gay Newsweek. Yeah, Katie Jeff. Oh, no, no not Jeffrey. <laughs> Katie and Matt with you this evening. He'll be back next week. He'll be back next week. I know you're missing him. Uh, it's time to take a look at some of the headlines making news around the country now in the National Affairs Roundup. Yes, indeed. And first off tonight, bit of news over on Perth Radio. Yep. Yes, yes, yes. Been a bit of controversy when uh, per, uh, 6PR drive host Sir Howard Sattler mm. asked our Prime Minister if um, her partner was gay. Take a listen. <laughs> Myths, rumours, snide jokes and innuendos. You've been the butt of them many times. Well, I think that's probably right. We've certainly seen that this week. Can I test a few out? In what way? Tim's gay. Well, of course... No, that's not me saying it. That's a myth. Well, that's absurd. Yeah, but you, you hear it. He must be gay. He's a hairdresser. Oh, well, isn't that... You've heard, but you've heard it. But, uh, it's not me saying it. It's what people... Well, I mean, Howard, I don't know whether uh, every uh, uh, silly thing that gets said is going to be repeated to me now. No, no, no. But, but uh, you know, to all the hairdressers out there, yeah, including including the men who are listening, I don't think in life one can actually look at a whole profession full of different human beings and say, gee, we know something about every one of those human beings. I mean, it's absurd. Isn't you it? can confirm that he's not. Oh, Howard, don't be ridiculous. Of no, but course in not. In a heterosexual relationship, that's all I'm asking. Well, Howard, you and I have just talked about that, so now that is bordering. I to, I Howard, to, just let's. I just, know, I wanted to let, get let rid me, of it. Let me just uh, let me just bring you back to earth. Um, I'm, not, I'm not saying it. Right. Well, uh, let me just bring you back to earth. You and I have just talked about me and Tim living at the lodge. We live there together as a couple. You know that. Yes, uh, on the internet, you know, there are lots of, you know, uh, what I've referred to in the past as nut jobs, and I'm happy to use the expression again, uh, people who peddle and circulate vile and offensive things. Awful things. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, that was the great work of uh, 6PR former host, yep. Howard Sattler, and uh, Prime Minister Julia Gillard. Just a little bit ridiculous, that one, I have to say. 
just has he done anything wrong? Look, I know Salt and Pepper covered this last night. Yeah, um, but, but we he, wanted to just just quickly. Has he done anything wrong? Um, look, apart from being a bit of an idiot, no, I don't think so. And I, th- I have to say, given all the stuff that we hear going on on radio, not not our show, of course, but other radio <laughs> shows, that gets completely ridiculous, out of hand, and completely offensive at times. I don't. I think that what they're saying there is it's the worst thing you can ever ask someone is if. if someone is gay. Now, I understand it's her partner, so it's a little bit offensive perhaps to her, but really... Look, no, I completely agree on that point that you've got right there that, um, yeah, it it is kind of demeaning homosexuality as a whole. Um, But my question is, is really, is he doing anything wrong? Because it's the question that's been on the lips of a lot of people in society. It's a question that probably should have been asked a little bit before now. Well, I don't know if it's a question that needed to be asked, but it's certainly one that has been asked a lot amongst, you know, maybe not on uh, radio, but Mm. it's certainly been, you know, bandied about it a bit of a joke and that's basically what he was asking was these are the kinds of things get thrown around and then I think he just kind of got a bit lost there and tried to push her on the issue which probably should have just stopped about 15 seconds earlier. I don't know why Fairfax has fired him either actually. No I don't know I've heard a lot worse things come out of Fairfax <laughs> radio hosts. I know, but anyway. <laughs> anyway, we'll moving along to other stories making news around the country in the past week. Uh, new gender guidelines now recognise people other than just male or female. Yeah, so what this means is basically that transgender, intersex and gender diverse people um, can have their gender and or sex accurately represented in Australian government records. Mm-hmm. So it'll be across the board from July 1, across yep. all government departments. 21 days away. 21 days away, that's right. What... Um, the Organisation of Intersex International Australia has basically said that um, they're really happy with it on one level. It's very comprehensive. Mm-hmm. Um, what they're a bit disappointed about was they thought that sex and gender information should only be collected when it needs to be, not right. just as a par for the course kind of scenario, which I thought was quite interesting. Um, mm. But at the same time, it does give people an option to... Um, specify themselves as not either male or female. I think so it's an important It's a move step. right in the direction and I think it's important to say in this one that this is pretty much world first stuff that's going on yep. with this. So Yeah, totally. And of course it's part of uh, the Sex Discrimination Amendment um, Act which includes sexual orientation, gender identity and intersex status um, that's passed through the lower house and it's expected to uh, come before the Senate in the next sitting week. Indeed. And I reckon we've got time for one more story one more quickly, here. Yep. Um, a petition has been raised to urge federal and state governments to include sex Sexuality and gender identity in the new health and physical education c- curriculum. So basically moving the standards beyond just reproductive health. Yeah, acknowledging that people of the GLBTI community exist in schools. Because yeah. it's one of those things that um, during your school years, the, the word gay is like the only time you ever hear gay is on a daily basis when it's people are using it as an insult mm. towards you. Um, so it's it's incredibly important for teachers to start recognising this kind of thing. Absolutely. Not just for the LGBTI community of the future either, um, but actually for the community generally, because these are, the kind of, these are the kind of issues we all need awareness on, not just those affected directly. I know we're running out of time, but I'm going to tell you a, a story really quickly. I was on a, uh, a particular dating app and I was talking to a gentleman mm. who was 17 years old and basically he had on his profile details about how he wanted to uh, lose his virginity. He just wanted to get it over and done with. And this is something that I ran into. And not. And I was talking to him, not in the sense that I wanted to engage with this gentleman, um, but I just wanted to see what his mentality was around just wanting to get rid of his virginity. Um, and, and I was speaking to him and I wasn't really getting much sense out of him. And, yep. t- and, and then all of a sudden I asked, him the, I asked him just for a promise. And I know that means very little to someone on, on those kind of apps. But I, I, I urged him to use protection mm. in, for his first time. And something that really knocked me back and out of the park, that 
he turned around and he laughed at me. He laughed at me in the sense that he wondered why he would need to use protection if he was having sex with another guy. Yeah, right. It's stories like that that really hit me in the face and go, well, this needs to stop at school. Absolutely. And there should be much greater awareness of issues around HIV. Totally. For someone that's 17... That, and other that STIs kind of, in general, basically. Yeah, absolutely. No, it, it really, that's it, good good point and it raises um the issue that we need to be having these discussions earlier and people not finding out much later totally it's gay news week stick around we'll be back in a moment to wrap it all up you're listening to gay news week on joy 94.9 yes it has been katie and matt with you this evening yes indeed and just quickly thanks to john for his message regarding the situation in the anglican church in sydney we will certainly have a look into it as a potential story to have a look at on one of our future shows. Thank you very much. This has been Gay News Week, but unfortunately we have run out of time. If you want to suggest a topic like John has done, just send us an email throughout the week, gaynewsweek at joy.org.au. That's right. And uh, also we just want to say thanks to Michael out on the phones tonight for yep. his work out there. Um, we will have an encore presentation of the show, and that is Tuesday nights at midnight. Also, if you want to catch the podcast, joy.org.au forward slash gaynewsweek, you can hear my blunder again about thinking New Zealand was a continent. <laughs> yeah, that was my favourite moment. <laughs> But until next week, we are Katie Larson. And my name has been Matt Thompson. We'll catch you next week right here on Gay News Week. You've been listening to Gay News Week. Check out joy.org.au slash gaynewsweek for all of the links on how you can keep up to date with the team on social media. And be sure to tune in next Wednesday from 7pm right here on Joy 94.9. Want to know what's going on in our diverse community? Tune in to Joy's range of current affairs programs. 7pm Mondays, Generation Next. Tuesdays at 7, Salt and Pepper. 7pm Wednesdays, Gay News Week. And Thursdays from midday... On the line. Thursdays at 7pm, Rainbow Report. Then again on Saturdays from 10 to midday, Saturday Magazine. And across the week, the Community Network News Team bring you the Joy 94.9 GLBTIQ News Wrap. A look back at the news of the week in our community. Yes, we have one of the longest running in-house news services on community radio, bringing you the latest every morning, midday and evening. Be informed and empowered through your news and current affairs lineup on the gayest station in the nation, Joy. 94.9. To find out more about Joy 94.9, check out joy.org.au. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.